1: Today on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, the boys are in full-blown deer mode. So eight rut myths, rutting tactics, a 2013 hunting forecast, how more hunters are in it for the meat, and understanding how our deer's glands can work for you or against you. And it's presented to you by Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Jim and Trav.
2: Well, it's November. Jim's glands are secreting. They are. <laughs> All right, we're talking about the rut on today's show, being joined by Mrs. Bunny. Mrs. Bunny, how you doing? I'm good what's going on? Ah, not too much. I am so excited. I love this time of year. Fall is so beautiful. Kind of that crisp smell in the air. A lot of hunting seasons are uh, opening up. Yeah, and now what have we been doing? We actually have been putting out deer supplements. Well, we do that all year round. Kind of amped it up this time of year. Uh, Really checking the trail cameras, doing stuff like that. But hey, we want to mention real quick before we get this underway. uh, Make sure you hop online check us out. Facebook.com forward slash Adventures of Dad Me. Doing a webisode series. Yeah, and matter of fact, we just completed the. Past weekend, one on your supplements, and you're gonna have to see how we do it. Yeah, doing a cost effective way of making your own supplement, uh, putting some uh, money back in your pocket, I guess. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, the whole year only cost you about 65 bucks. Yeah, not too bad. All right, so uh, we're talking about the run on today's show. Uh, later, we're gonna be joined by outdoor writer Brad Fitzpatrick. Uh, talking about eight rut miss and then uh, Ram Trucks head of uh, marketing Dave Sowers and then Craig Kaufman who is the president of a Safari Club International and outdoor writer and blogger Travis Faulkner once again talking about the rut but guys let's uh, focus real quick on understanding glands because uh, the scent industry wants you to believe that you can go out there and uh, put out some scent that they have in a bottle and it's gonna everything attract flock there yeah like uh, flies to crap. <laughs> um, in that really love, love the analogy. <laughs> well, have you ever seen like Ugly a cow on an ape? You ever like seen a, a cow pie out in the field that's just covered in flies? <laughs> uh, but anyways, that is Don't not until you've tried it. That is not how it works, is it, Mrs. Bunny?
3: No, well, you know, the a lot of the scent things now are tarsal secretions. You know, they have it bottled. And yeah. um, it's touted as being able to bring bucks in. But what a lot of people don't understand is that, in fact, um, this scent doesn't draw... Bring them in. No, it doesn't. It's not usually associated with drawing whitetails in. Instead, it kind of interests... It's interesting to other bucks because um, they can smell the testosterone. They can smell the scent on from other bucks. It's know? more
2: or less like an ID card. It's like their driver's license. It says a lot about the deer, whether how, how old it is, what direction it's heading, if it's interested in breeding. Uh, it tells them a lot of things, but it doesn't necessarily... Uh, draw them in, correct?
3: Right. It's not like, like a doe and estrus kind of smell. You know, it's different. It's this tarsal gland. So there are a number of different glands that might be more...
2: advantageous. Yeah. Now, everybody talks about the tarsal gland, and that's located on the inside of the uh, back legs. Right. Uh, it's a
3: sebaceous gland. It's, yeah. So it secretes fatty lipids. And the gland itself, I mean, it's relatively odorless, but when a buck urinates on them, which is known as the rub urinate, you know, it squats down and it pees all over its legs, you know? Who doesn't? Exactly. Well, That's
2: what I do to a toilet seat. (laughs) (laughs) At least Mark Trav has been here.
3: It it decomposes on that fur and stuff on the top of the gland, and that's what gives that buck the unique odor, like that Trav said, that basically serves as its ID card.
2: All right, now, the metatarsal gland. Okay, which is found on the lower outside of the hind legs. That once again so, is yeah, an so odorless. So on the inside of the leg and then the outside of the leg, different scent. Right. Yeah. Now it's it's bigger than like northern whitetails, uh, and scientists think that it may help white tails in, in cold climates basically uh, regulate their body temperature. Right. And so. Uh, That's not going to help. And then uh, let's go over the interdigital. Now, uh, this is found uh, in the hoof. Yeah, between their fingers. And it stinks. They don't have fingers. (laughs) Oh. They have hoovesies.
3: It produces a sour, uh, rancid compound. It kind of smells like sour milk.
2: That sounds like my feet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My feet stink. Holy cow. My case. And And, and 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 now this is another gland right here, though. Sorry, Mrs. Bunny. No. uh, That really helps determining where a buck is headed to, correct?
3: Right. It produces a chemical that dissipates um, at different rates So the scientists Suspect that a deer Can discern the age Of another deer's tracks And perhaps even His direction of travel Just based on the smell That is emitted From when they walk
2: Oh really So let's say If a buck went through Two days ago When right. another buck Sniffs that They can actually tell that
3: Right based no, on, That's
2: interesting I didn't know that one Based
3: on the rate That it dissipates but yeah, the Really? Other-
2: yeah they also look At the direction Of the point of the hooves are
3: Yeah <laughs> it, it leaves a <laughs> little <key> Arrow track <laughs> Yeah
2: <laughs> it, It's actually You can use it as markers With your uh, It's like geocaching yeah. Well the other one though Th- Deer have Garmin. <laughs> <laughs> the
3: other one is on the forehead and mature bucks during breeding season, obviously, when they rub and things yeah. like that, you know, um, they leave a scent on their rubs. And um, so on trees, shrubs, whatever it is, and um, it, this communicates this, this scent that's in their forehead communicates age, it can communicate social status and also
2: readiness to breed. Ooh, now, when I rub my head, it basically says I'm frustrated. <laughs> Does that say the same thing? Uh, basically. <laughs> All right. uh, once again, we are talking about the rut on today's show. Look us up, OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com. Also, find us on Facebook, Facebook.com, Adventures of Dad and Me. Now, there's a recent study out uh, that says more people are hunting but not for the purpose of, like, antlers. They're hunting for meat.
3: Yeah. Uh, a new study that was done says that 35% of people, or of hunters now, are hunting for meat, not for trophy. Um, 31% are hunting for just for the sport or recreation of it. 9% hunt to be close to nature.
2: Well, you know, this is like a 13% uptick since 2007. Right. I, I mean, that that's a big leap. And, but, you know, it goes back to our primal instincts. When man was created... However that happened, whether it was evolution, God, or... Big, I don't know. Big bang theory. And big. Think about that one. Beer pong match. I don't know how it happened. Beer pong? Yeah. Anyways, um, this is built into us. I mean, to go out, we are hunter-gatherers by nature. And I just think it, it's speaking to our instincts. You know, with the downturn in the economy, people being laid off on unemployment. And you got you to gotta think of new ways to put food on the table. You've got to provide for your family. And hunting is one way to do that. Also, though, with everyone wanting to go natural right. uh, and, and get away from the processed meat, You
3: can't hardly turn on Food Channel or um, talk to Jim's wife, Terry. And um, (laughs) they're always talking about all natural, all organic, things like that. And there's a huge turn in the way that people are doing things and they want hormone-free, chemical-free. They want all green foods and things like that, and that's a, and that's a big That's drive. a big push.
4: Have you seen the green stuff that Terry drinks? It's Oh, it's nasty. It looks like she grazes. I know, right? She
3: actually yeah. uh, grinds She forages up. with the deer. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Venison, puts it in a blender, and she makes <laughs> a smoothie out of it. <laughs> Alright, so once again, we are talking about the rut on today's show. Yeah. Uh, coming up after break, we're going to hear from outdoor writer Brad Fitzpatrick. Uh, talk about eight rut myths, things that uh, we need to know. Uh, but hey, where we're we proud. thought a shoe that it really isn't. Yeah, it really isn't true. Uh, but hey, we're brought to you by Ram Trucks, RamTrucks.com and Ruger at Ruger.com. High Mount Seasonings, that is H-I-M-T-N Jerky.com and Cabela's World's foremost Outfitter at Cabela's.com How about Outdoor Channel? Make sure you hop on check us out. Take a listen. OutdoorChannel.com forward slash Revolution. Also uh, looks up on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Adventures of Daphne. Watch the webisode series. You're really going to like it. Here's a quick word for Mark. We'll be back with Brad Fitzpatrick right after this. Thanks so much, Miss Buddy. Hey, see you later. Alright, talk to you boys girls in a minute
1: ram trucks on deer. Deer habitat. It is not uncommon for a white-tailed deer to live out most of its life in a one-square-mile area. Deer habitat depends on food, water, and shelter supply, and the size will vary depending on the availability of these listed elements. During the rut, bucks will travel beyond this range looking for does to breed. Deer will remain in the same area as long as there is food, water, and cover, unless they are forced from the area by humans or pressure from predators. We'll Here's a brief word from our sponsors, and be sure to listen to our Tuesday and Thursday podcasts, which can be found on our website at outdoortrailsnetwork.com.
0: Lee and Tiffany, Michael Waddell, Jim Shockey—the biggest names come together on hunting's biggest night. Are you kidding me? Wild Game Innovations Sunday Night on the Hunt: Whitetails, turkeys, oh, no. and big game chase from the farthest reaches of the globe. Wild Game Innovation Sunday Night on the Hunt Brought to you in part 5 Wild Game's Digital Trail Cameras Sunday starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Only on Outdoor Channel True to the Core A truck should make you want to get out and see the world The Driver Command Center in the new 2013 Ram 1500 With available 3D navigation, Sirius XM and Wi-Fi at your customized touchscreen control. Backed by a five-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Engineered to move heaven and earth. Guts. Glory. Ram. The new Ram 1500, with best-in-class fuel economy, is Motor Trend's 2013 Truck of the Year. Learn more about Ram's pioneering technologies at RamTrucks.com. See dealer for powertrain limited warranty. Ram is a registered trademark of Chrysler Group, LLC. Sirius and XM are registered trademarks of Sirius XM Radio, Inc.
1: This is the American dream in action. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav.
5: These guys are cool, but not that cool.
4: Hey, if you're just joining us, you missed all Miss Bunny Boy. We talked about a lot of different things about a deer that I had no idea. They had metatarsal and tarsal glands. There's all sorts of glands. Ortho glands. and
2: uh, You don't necessarily be um, suckered by a lot of these people uh, using these scents. It's more or less a good uh, thing just to put out by your decoy. It's going to slow that deer down for a second, not necessarily draw them in. But we are talking about the rut on today's show. Uh, we're just now being joined by outdoor rider uh, Brad Fitzpatrick. We're going to be talking about Eight Rut Miss, an article. Just peered in Outdoor Life. Uh, Brad, how's it going, buddy? Going very well. How are you? Yeah, we're doing pretty good. All right, so let's get to these, uh, myths real quick. Cause there, I mean, there's a lot of myths out there, and Jim and I spread lies all the time about, uh, the rut. Myth, uh, myth number one. Myth number one small bucks don't get to breed does. Now, that's not true, is it? No, the, the
6: research has proven that that's not the case. The Bucks across the age spectrum are breeding
2: does. They're faster. I equate that with I'm an ugly guy, but somehow I married my wife. You know, <laughs> I mean, the, the odds are against us, but somehow we prevail, uh, Brad. All right, let's move on to the second thing. Bucks uh, will cover miles in search of does during the rut. Now, I mean, this is something that everybody talks about. I mean, they, they go way outside of their home territory, their home grounds. Is that true or not? Well, research
6: shows that bucks don't really go very far outside their home range. They're not ranging miles and miles into strange territory. And what what you see typically is a buck will have, of course, bucks have different size home ranges depending on the, on the, the habitat that they live in. If it's a more productive habitat, you're going to see a, a buck that can survive with a smaller home range. If it's less productive, you're going to see a bigger home range. But the fact is, a buck is most comfortable in his home range. And He's much more active, and he's much more visible within that home range during the rut. But the, the idea that bucks are ranging for miles and miles and 15 miles far outside their home range, that's just scientific evidence doesn't back that up.
2: Okay. Now, here's another thing. Number three, and everybody believes this, uh, the moon affects the rut. I mean, everybody preaches the, the, the moon phase and how it affects deer hunting and animals. I mean, everything. Um, is that
6: accurate? Well, the evidence we have now shows that that's not really what dictates the rut. You know, really? the rut is the rut is determined by the doe, and the doe comes into estrus based on her pineal gland, which has to do more with hours of daylight than it has to do with the moon. So you, you're you're going to see it. You you could sort of make a correlation that at a certain time of the year, depending on moon phase, you're probably going to see more does. In estrus, but the fact is, those come into estrus based on the the sun cycle, not the moon cycle.
4: Okay. Now, now we've got uh, number four here. Bucks stop eating during the rut. Now, is it possible that if you're in an area where you're uh, you, you can bait, uh, maybe put out a bait that would be more uh, appetizing to that buck? Uh, do they stop eating during the rut, or do they continue?
6: No, bucks will actually reduce their caloric intake somewhat during the rut but they can't stop eating altogether it's such a high calorie time and it requires so much energy that they can't just simply go off food Uh, so the bucks will be feeding so there's a possibility that if you bait it you might draw a buck in during the rut now he's going to be preoccupied if there are does in the area he's going to be preoccupied with the rut itself but odds are that that buck is going to eat every
2: day yeah it's like me I, I eat all day, every single day. I never stop eating. That's why I'm growing Not, you know, as an individual, but physically I'm growing. All right, before we go on with this, Brad, to find out more about you, find you online, man. Uh, where do we have to go to do that? You
6: can go to my website. It's www.francispatrickoutdoors.com
2: Okay, and then we can also find you on Facebook, uh, Friend you. Uh, you got a lot of stuff out there. All right, so number five, rattling works best. Uh, during the pre-rut. Now, I've heard this a lot, too, and I've heard other people say uh, post-rut is the time if you want to get the big guys. Uh, post-rut is best for rattling. What have you found in your studies?
6: Well, the research that's out there right now indicates that, that bucks tend to be attracted to rattling and growing during different periods. And what happens is typically earlier you see smaller bucks responding to, to calls. As you get later in the year, you're going to see a, a different age dynamic responding so early you're gonna you're gonna be rattling up young bucks probably um but as they go later you're gonna see bigger bucks moving you bet
4: now it looks as though we've got the pre-rut then we've got the rut and then we have something called the second rut what the heck's that all about and is there one
6: the second rut is probably one of the most debated topics in deer hunting does it occur you know is it is it the bucks breeding younger does that come into cycle later and what we tend to see is there's a the rut is not linear. People have always thought there's a start, there's a peak, there's a drop off in there, but it's a very smooth movement through the period of the rut. In actuality, you're going to have those that just happen to come in to estrus later. And later in the season, there are those that haven't gotten bred that come into estrus and, and you're seeing rut activity much later in the year. It's not necessarily a second rut. What it is is kind of the, the last chance for those does to come in and get bread.
4: Yeah. Actually, uh, we uh, we just got a uh, a letter in, an email in from uh, a Bill Miller, and he asked, uh, do older bucks prefer palm malls over camels?
2: Nah, that's <laughs> something Bill would say. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Miller. All right, uh, One more time, uh, Brad, to find out more about you, once again we we'll have be talking about 8-Rut Miss. Uh, this is an outdoor life. Uh, where do we have to find you online, and where can we find most of your articles, buddy?
6: Uh, I'm freelance, so I'm uh, quite a few different places. I'm in outdoor life pretty frequently, but uh, I keep tabs on what I'm doing right at com. You bet. Hey,
2: that was Brad Fitzpatrick, and he knows a lot about the rut. He knows everything about the rut, but coming up after the break, we're going to have Dave Sowers on, and he is the head of Ram Truck Marketing. Going to be talking about uh, his uh, upcoming trip next week, going to Missouri. Going to do some buck hunting. Also, the 2014 uh, Texas Truck of the Year. The Eco Diesel. Eco Diesel. It's going to be Dave Sowers uh, with Ram Trucks. Well, hey, we're The Revolution. We are proudly brought to you by Ram Trucks, RamTrucks.com, and Ruger at Ruger.com. High Mountain Seasonings, H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com. Bradman, thank you so much for coming on uh, talking about the rut with us, buddy. Happy to be here, thank you. All right, here's a quick word from Mark. We'll be back once again. We're talking about the rut on today's show. We'll return in a minute.
1: Ram trucks on deer, the pre-rut. As the temperatures begin to fall, the bucks shed the antler velvet and begin their sparring matches. These are not life and death fights, but simply a push and shove affair, where bucks get rid of some frustration and test their competitors. It's almost a joke on the bucks from Mother Nature, as they are ready to breed, but the does aren't, and at this time, bucks still live together in bachelor groups. Now remember that the revolution is archived, and you can find all the gym and Trav you want at OutdoorChannel.com forward slash revolution enjoy
0: for 20 years outdoor channel brings you television you don't just watch but brings you closer with information you can use with expert talent you can't find anywhere else jim shockey ted nugent lee and tiffany michael waddell and more and now we've got more of what you love with new original series that go outside to get to the heart of what is inside Outdoor Channel, true to the core. Get it today, call 855-44-OUTDOOR. The Ruger American Rimfire Rifle combines features of the Ruger American Rifle and innovations of the 1022 Rimfire Rifle to appeal to all bolt action enthusiasts. It features a modular stock system that provides comb height options for scope or iron sight use, a power bedding integral bedding block system for outstanding accuracy, a Ruger Marksman adjustable trigger. And a 1022 style rotary magazine for reliable feeding. The Ruger American Rim Fire Rifle, another
1: rugged, reliable firearm
6: from Ruger.
1: Colorado's Biggest Bucks and Bulls, a book for hunters. www.colorado'sbiggestbucksandbulls.com Cabela's is the world's foremost outfitter for hunting, fishing, and outdoor gear. You
4: can outfit all your needs through Cabela's catalogs, online, and their many stores. With the best selection, prices, and quality, all backed by a legendary guarantee. For the best in outdoor gear, go to www.cabelas.com.
1: You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. You hippie widow. Here are the boys. You're
4: just
2: joining the revolution with Jim and Trav. You just missed old Brad Fitzpatrick. Yeah, but don't miss uh, checking us out online. That's Um, right. Outdoorchannel.com No word slash. Yeah, Revolution. (laughs) I handed out something. Well, You can hear us there, too. Also, phone us. 785-846-7647. Before the break, though, once again, Brad Fitzpatrick talking about eight-rut miss. Just now, though, we'll be joined by Dave Sowers, and he is the head of Ram Truck uh, Marketing. Dave, how's it going, buddy? How are you, Jim and Trav? Hey, we're doing good, good, man. Now, during the break, you told us that uh, next week, You're taking off heading to Missouri, going to be doing some hunting. There is some big bucks uh, to be had in Missouri, buddy.
7: You know, I grew up uh, hunting in Pennsylvania, and, you know, you uh, take what you can get in Pennsylvania. It's pretty crowded (laughs) there when it comes to the hunting. Yeah. And uh, I'm getting an opportunity uh, in a week and a half or so to do a little bit of whitetail hunting in uh, northern Missouri. We're going to be filming a a show for – for the Drury Brothers out there. Oh, so, yeah. Are you really? Yes, yeah. absolutely. It's going to be an awesome
4: experience, and those guys are no joke. Mark and Terry definitely know their way around the woods, though. That's it. Who Are you,
2: are you hunting with both of them? Uh, Mark, specifically. Oh, Mark. Mark's a better great, hunter anyways. Great. Yeah, we don't, we don't like Terry. <laughs> I'll be sure to let them know that. <laughs> <laughs> I would. All right, so let's talk about some trucks real quick. Everybody knows that I'm, I'm a huge now, what, fan. What brand
4: do you want to talk about?
2: I want to talk about Ram trucks. Is there another kind? No, so my wife and I, everybody knows we just picked up a, a new Ram uh, in May, which we appropriately named Rambo, which I think is perfect. <laughs> um, so you guys got so many knife. things coming out right now. Like, let's talk about the uh, EcoDiesel. I mean, this is crazy. Everybody says that uh, when a new vehicle is coming out, it's going to be a game changer. But the difference is this actually is a game changer in the automobile world, isn't it?
7: Well, we really wanted to make a difference in the marketplace. The EcoDiesel is something that's not offered today. Yeah, And while there might have been some diesels offered in light duty trucks, in the past, they don't hold a candle to what this is. Yeah, this is specifically designed to meet the light duty customer needs from things like 420 pound feet of torque. Yeah, and upper twenties in terms of fuel economy.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. you're talking 20 miles per gallon or upper 20s. I know in my truck I get uh, about 23. Uh, with that Hemi, which is just amazing. But who would have thought, you know, five, ten years ago, that you could get into a truck and get this kind of fuel economy? Everybody thought that you had to go uh, with a car or something. But it's just amazing because let's face it: in everybody's lifestyle, a, a truck is more conducive than a car. I'm always hauling two by fours or a blind or something like that. If you got a bunch of kids, you can put them in the back. It might be illegal, but I do it. Um, but we really, encourage that. No, don't, don't, no, don't do that. Uh, but really a truck is more fitting, I think, uh, today in the American lifestyle.
7: Well, we see that with truck guys, that the prototypical guy that's driving a truck today, the, the typical guy is hanging drywall on Thursday and he's hunting on Saturday. Exactly. And he's got multiple uses for it. He might not haul something every day, but he's kind of a just-in-case guy where, like you said, he's got to move his blind, he's got the right thing to do it. He's also everybody's best friend. We know how that works, too.
4: <laughs> yeah, now, we're talking with Dave Sowers, and, of course, he's the head of marketing for Ram Trucks. Now, i got to tell you, we got to give you kudos. Uh, you got uh, North American Truck of the Year. you got the Texas Truck of the Year, and also Motor Trends Truck of the Year. Hey, that's a heck of a deal. We call that the trifecta for <laughs> the hat trick. <laughs> you know, the, uh, we just went to Texas again,
7: and we were able to win Truck of Texas for 2014. Oh, really? So back-to-back years, and, you know, what they told us is they recognized everything that we did for the truck in 2013 with the upgraded interior, the four-corner air suspension that allows you to lift and lower the truck. Yeah. And by adding the diesel this year, they said, hands down, winner. Uh, we had twice as many votes as the next closest competitor. Really? and. It's just an acknowledgement that we keep adding things that are important to truck guys. Yeah.
2: Well, you yeah. gotta head to ramtrucks.com and, uh, check out the full lineup. But you know, the difference is, Dave, is that, you know, in a lot of companies, you have people that just sit in their, their big city offices and they don't know anything about their products. You guys is that are the one on the Detroit River. Yeah. You guys <laughs> are outdoorsmen and women. You are DIYers. You're constantly doing something and, and that makes a difference when you actually live this lifestyle and you use these trucks. Uh, you make them because that's something that you use every single day, and I think that completely shines through in your guys' products.
7: Well, we try to live by the mantra that we're truck guys building great trucks for truck people. Exactly. Uh, I know that's a lot of trucks in one sentence. but the, uh,
2: <laughs> I liked it, though.
7: <laughs> we do have people that uh, have uh, hobby farms or people that grew up in a farming lifestyle. We yep. have people that are outdoorsmen uh, that hunt every weekend. We've got uh, one guy that just came back from a bear hunt in Vancouver, a really? successful bear hunt. So uh, that was uh, something that we do uh, as part of our lifestyle, and it helps us deliver trucks that fit the lifestyle and have features that people will use every day, like our Ram Box that you can yeah. put a holster in to hold your rifles or shotguns. Two years ago, did an antelope hunt uh, that was a kind of a spot and stock kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Used the Ram Boxes, used the trucks, and uh, it was really enhanced the hunting experience, and that's what we're looking to do is not just be an also-RAM truck, but be a truck that delivers something the other guys can't.
4: Yeah, actually, Travis ran one down the other day with his RAM truck.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> one thing I've been that's putting fast in. fast food. I've been putting in preference points here in Kansas for seven, eight years. I cannot wait to get drawn uh, for an antelope tag. I, antelope, that's good eating, too. Yeah, and, and now, speaking of innovations, you got something called a ProMaster. What
4: the heck's that all about?
7: Well, you know, stepping aside from the pickup trucks just a little bit, the new ProMaster van is something, again, where we're delivering innovation. This is a new full-size van that we're bringing to the marketplace. It came out of our partnership uh, with our uh, friends at Fiat Professional. Yeah. This is a van that's tried and true in Europe for years and years. We brought it into North America. We're, we're making it work for the North American market, and uh, we are delivering something that's not out there today. We're going to have best-in-class fuel economy, and we're doing it with a front-wheel drive platform, which gives us great turning radius and low step-in heights to the back. And wow. we're going to deliver great uh, levels of maintenance and mm-hmm. low cost of ownership with a van that is all new to the U.S. market, but tried and true around the world. Now, yeah. we,
2: once again, we can find this all on your website, RamTrucks.com? Absolutely. Look for the new ProMaster.
4: Yeah. Now, is it true that uh, with every ProMaster that goes out, you send a Grateful Dead album with it? Yeah.
7: <laughs> Yeah, we're going to, we're going (laughs) to give them, uh, uh, 180 cubic feet of uh, of storage space in the back, right?
4: (laughs) You can have a big party back there. They have
2: a model called Cheech and Chong. (laughs) Now let's talk (laughs) about your 2500 and 3500, uh, heavy duty lineup. Uh, let's talk about your new innovations that you've incorporated for 2014.
7: Well, what was important to us on the heavy duty side is to give the customer more capability than they've ever had before. And we set out to blow the competition away where The closest competitor is around 23,000 pounds of trailer tow capability, and we're at 30. That's amazing. That's over three tons more than the closest competitor. And we just saw on PickupTrucks.com compared our 3500 versus Ford's F450, and we beat them hands down in terms of performance, in terms of handling the load up the hill, down the hill, uh, everywhere. And that was with our 3500. So that was where we started Uh, But we wanted to bring in some other features and more refinement, so we're bringing in a new 6.4-liter gas engine on 2500s and 3500s. It'll have best-in-class horsepower and torque, Yeah, 410 horsepower, 429 pound-feet of torque. We're going to bring coil spring rear suspension into our 2500s. Now, this is going to give you better ride Mm -hmm. uh, than your typical 2500, but it's also going to allow you to handle the load, whether it's in the bed or it's a trailer, than uh, a normal leaf spring suspension. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to take that a step further. Something truck customers have been asking for for a while. And some modify their own trucks this way. Mm-hmm. We're bringing in rear air suspension. Oh, wow. 25 and 3,500 trucks.
2: Holy cow. You know, you said that F word. That's a four-letter word in my house. We're not, we're not a, allowed to say four that. It's a four-letter word in anybody's house. We're not. Well, yeah, I guess I never thought of it like that. We're not allowed to say that word.
4: Hey, we got to leave it there, Dave. We've
2: been talking with Dave Sowers. He is the marketing guy for Ram Trucks. That's right. Once again, hop online, uh, RamTrucks.com. Also, fan them on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter. Uh, check out all their stuff on uh, YouTube. Subscribe to Go the Go hunting channel. with Dave. Go hunting with Dave. Yeah, good luck next week when you come back. Uh, after you get back for your hunt, tell us all about it, buddy. All right, we will. Thanks yeah. for having me. All right, well, once again, we talk with Dave Sowers. He is the head of Ram Truck Marketing. Hop online, ramtrucks.com. But coming up after the break, uh, we're going to have Craig Hoffman on. He's the president of Safari Club International. Uh, talk about what they've got going on. Well, hey, we're the revolution. We are proudly brought to you by Ram Trucks. Ramtrucks.com, also Outdoor Channel. OutdoorChannel.com forward slash revolution. And how about High highmount seasonings? H I M T N jerky.com and Ruger at Ruger.com. Here's a quick word for Mark. we got to get to a break. We'll see you guys in a minute.
1: Ram trucks on deer. The long-awaited rut. The estrus period, where a doe is most fertile, only lasts about 24 hours. The doe will now stand still for the buck, rather than run away from him. The moment he tries to come close to her. After breeding, the buck will stay with that doe throughout her estrus period before he goes off to find a new estrus doe, commonly referred to as doe in heat. Bucks breed several does in a very short time frame and not all the does come in heat at exactly the same time. So we've come to a break, but don't forget to watch Jim and Trab's webisodes of Adventures of Dad and Me at facebook.com forward slash adventures of dad and me. Thanks.
0: Thursdays on Outdoor Channel. You won't want to miss a minute of the action-packed lineup on Primo's Thursday night calls of the hunt. Check out all the action. From deer hunting. What a great Texas spot! To some major fishing. That is a beautiful, beautiful smallmouth. Look at that. Woo! To laying down the law. Everybody up in the tent. Get up, game warden. Don't miss Thursday night, Primos, Calls of the Hunt. Starting at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Outdoor Channel. True to the core.
1: Best place to find a Boone and Crockett mule deer? Colorado, of course. Best place to learn about them? Colorado's biggest bucks and bulls. Call 719-661-4037. When I'm backpacking in the mountains, I like to travel light. That's why I carry Camp Chef's ready-made gourmet outdoor meals. These freeze-dried meals cook right in the pouch. Just add water. With menu choices like cheesy lasagna, teriyaki chicken with rice, and more, these meals taste great. And with a shelf life of seven years, they're also perfect as an emergency food supply at home. Look for Camp Chef's ready-made gourmet meals at a sporting goods store near you or at CampChef.com. Camp Chef, the way to cook outdoors. Three mouth-watering jerky-making kitchen. Kids- by High Mountain Seasoning to transform your ducks and geese into a feast. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a store near you. I cannot tolerate this type of chaos. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. It just rocks your world.
4: Hey, if you're just joining us, you missed old Dave showers with Ram Trucks. He's a head of marketing for them.
2: And now we're joined by... A guy that uh,
4: I've wanted to meet for a long time. Craig
2: Kaufman, he is the president of Safari Club International. Uh, Craig, how's it going, buddy? You're going great, thank you. We yeah, you appreciate want to say that once you're done. Yeah, we appreciate <laughs> that uh, such an astute gentleman as yourself <laughs> actually came on our show. It really shows no class it's, on your part. It's a good thing. I, let's talk about Safari Club International real quick. Uh, but before we go on with this, buddy, where can we find you guys online? safariclub.org. SEI, everybody has heard about you guys, but let's talk about your mission statement real quick, kind of what you're really solely based upon what your mission in life truly is.
5: Well, a lot of, uh, a lot of people, when they hear Safari Club International right away, they think that it's a group of people that obviously head across the ocean to Africa to hunt. Bingo. And, uh, there's yeah. no question that their roots uh, 42 years ago that was uh some of the origin of the roots of Safari club, but when you look at our membership, which has now grown to fifty thousand members, holy cow around the world, a hundred countries our members reside Man, uh, we have uh, you know a lot of people obviously in our membership have hunted in Africa, but quite frankly, a growing portion of our membership uh, hunts uh, particularly with our North American membership hunts in North America. And uh, the primary mission of our organization over the years has really grown to be the hunter advocate, the voice of hunters, not only in the United States, but around the world. So our primary mission is to really defend and protect, advocate on behalf of hunters and hunters' rights, wherever those those rights and opportunities are threatened.
4: Yeah, well, you've uh, probably had been pretty doggone busy the last couple of years with this Second Amendment business, haven't you?
5: It's been incredible uh, several years for not only Second Amendment in the United States, but also wildlife issues and and the encroachment in perhaps uh, some subtle and some not so subtle ways of uh, you know de- declining access to hunting areas and, and regulations and and uh, legislative efforts to try to restrict hunting and, and wildlife trade. It's been a lot of headwinds for hunters and uh, gun owners particularly.
2: Yeah, once again we're talking with Dave Kaufman. He's the president of okay. Safari Club. Kaufman. No, Craig, Coff- uh, Craig Kaufman, Dave I'm Sorry is about his that. Brother, uh, uh, okay. yeah, president yeah, of Safari Club International. <laughs> now, what does it cost uh, for a membership? Uh, You can be a a member
5: for $65.00. Really? And and actually, we have a, uh, if you go into our website, you'll see we have a a multi-year membership offer, which is extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And uh, you you can actually become a three-year member for a quite reasonable price.
2: That's like one and a half lattes at Starbucks. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Actually, if you break it down by days, it it
5: really, for pennies a day, to protect your rights as hunters, it's really an insignificant cost of entry.
4: Well, you had mentioned uh, NRA and so forth, but uh, actually, Safari Club International actually joins hands with a lot of conservation groups and. Actually, you're able to make the uh, the funds that you have available from the membership fees go much further, don't you?
5: We, we really do. In fact, that's an excellent point. Uh, we have a full-time office in Washington, D.C. of attorneys, biologists, uh, lobbyists dedicated to protecting their rights to hunt. And uh, along that, along the same lines, our political action committee, we, uh, we call it SIPAC uh, Uh, Last year was the 29th largest political action committee in the United States. Let me say it again, 29. Holy cow. Which, when you think of all the major corporations and other interest groups that are out there, we have built a little bit of a juggernaut for hunters and we understand when you get into a lot of the conservation species oriented organizations uh they are 501c3s and they they're very limited in what they can do around hunters rights and lobbying on behalf of hunters because of their 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 uh their legal Structure, mm-hmm. and so we have partnered. In fact, you'll see some uh, in 2014. There's some efforts underway to partner with some of the large conservation groups, where we bring in our hunter advocacy groups, whether it's SIPAC and or our our uh, newly launched Hunter Defense Fund, which is our Super PAC, uh, to work together to raise money to to represent hunters, uh, you know, in, in the ballot boxes and the the different legislative races around around the country, and. Yes, the opportunities to work with like-minded groups is going to continue to increase, and I expect, given our core competencies around the advocacy side, I expect it to increase rather dramatically in the years ahead.
4: Yeah, now, uh, you can, in fact, if we wanted to become a member, obviously, of SEI, but also to these uh, super PACs and so forth, can we make donations?
5: You can, you can make uh, donations directly to the Hunter Defense Fund. Uh, that when you get into the political action business, there's a lot of, uh, guidelines and regulations to, to, con- to contribute to SIPAC, You have to be a member of Safari Club. It's a connected membership pack for the Hunter Defense Fund. You do not have to be a member of Safari Club. Hey, our enemies are very numerous and very, very well funded. To yeah. Well,
2: the, the problem is, is that we know our enemies, you know, in, in Washington, we have all these people saying that, oh, they don't want to take away our firearms. They don't want to take away our hunting rights. I think when they, they when they say that, they're setting up a red flag. That well, means they, we better do. They get Pinocchio's. Yeah. We better do whatever we can to protect these fundamental rights. And by joining Safari Club International, we are helping do that. I mean, this is what I think uh, us outdoorsmen and women were, were labeled as the good old boys. You know, we always kind of sit back and keep quiet, but this is where we need to stand up and take action such as you guys have done. Well, and I will tell
5: you, I'm, I'm asked many, many times, what is the number one challenge for you as president of the organization from the organizational standpoint as a whole? Mm-hmm. And I think people are surprised when I answer this, but I, I come back to this all the time. Our number one challenge is the apathy and the unengagement of the hunter.
4: Yeah, exactly. Bingo. I mean,
5: when you I mean, we we tend to look at this thing through our own little experience, you know, yep. whatever state we're hunting in, or whatever mm-hmm. issues right in front of us. But you know, when it comes time to hey, would you send money? Would you join? Would you would you go a little bit more? If we could engage the hunters of America around the, the hunting issues, and at a level even you know half of what our competitors do, we'd be a formidable army which would never lose. We just won. You bet.
4: Hey, we've been talking with Craig Kaufman and this guy is the president of Safari Club International and I tell you, if you have not joined Safari Club International, you need to do that so you can actually donate to these other causes that are helping you and your hunter's rights and your shooting
2: rights. Yeah, once again, we're talking with Craig Kaufman. We tried to get Dave, couldn't get Dave Kaufman. <laughs> but, uh, one more time, uh, Craig, to find you guys online and we want to encourage everybody please, to join forces with Safari Club International. What they're doing is so Important. Uh, Where can we find you online, buddy? Club.org. You're going to find a ton of stuff, right? You're, you're going to find Craig. We're going to find Craig. But you cannot find Dave. Dave! I don't know. Dave's nowhere to be found. <laughs> they got raised him. He still gets a paycheck. Well, I'm sure
5: we have a Dave coffin that's a member.
7: somewhere.
2: <laughs> well, hey, we're The Revolution. We are proudly brought to you by Ram Trucks. RamTrucks.com and Ruger at Ruger.com. High Mountain Seasonings. H-I-M-T-N Jerky. Coming up after the break though, we're going to hear from Travis Faulkner, the outdoor rider. Once again, we are talking about the rut. Mr. Craig, man, thank you so much for coming on and keep up the good work out there, buddy.
5: Thank you very much, and I appreciate all your efforts on behalf of sportsmen everywhere.
2: All right, here's a quick word from Mark, Jim, and I'll be back in a
1: minute. Ram trucks on deer, the post-rut. During post-rut, most does have been bred and hormone levels in bucks start to return to normal. Some does that have not been bred will come back into heat during this portion of the rut. Bucks also need to eat a lot during this time to replenish body weight loss during the rut. Hunting during post-rut can also be very effective as bucks are often off their normal patterns. So while we cut to this break, you should check us out on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash underscore OTN. Do you hear that? That's the sound of your next African safari with Kolobi Safaris. Experience Africa's sights and sounds mingled with true adventure of a big game hunt for the dangerous five or any number of plains game animals. If you've ever dreamed about Africa, then you need to book your trip of a lifetime with Daniel and Doria Dutoy, the purveyors of Kolobi Safaris. Hi, I'm Jim Ferguson. I did, and you should too. Look them up on the web at www. Dot K O L O B E S A F-A-R-I-S. C-O dot c-a or call them at one 83 280 Your behavior has become an embarrassment to the family. This is the revolution with Jim and Traff. Now, here are the boys. You're just shortening the revolution with Jim and Trav. Well, I'll tell
4: you what, you just missed old Craig Kaufman. He is the president of SCI, and boy, they've got a lot of things you're doing,
2: Trav. Yeah, Safari Club International, hop online, check them out, uh, become a member, fan on Facebook, whatever you have to do, but uh, Facebook, remember, we got some webisodes out, Adventures of Dad and Me. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, uh, fan the page, become a better person. Uh, you know, we're supposed to be joined by uh, Travis Faulkner right now. Uh, he had a little problem with the cell phone, no connection or yep. something like Actually, that. Actually, it got, it got wet, and he fried it. He fried it. His phone just yeah. a second ago. So, anyways, uh, Mrs. Bunny is in the studio. She is back. Hello, Mrs. Bunny. How's it going? We're doing good. Now we're going to be talking about uh, outwitting a deer senses with with aggressive techniques, like with, aggressive running techniques. Yeah, you got sight, uh, smell, and sound. Right now, first of all, I want to go over decoys. Uh-huh. Um, Jimbo has used decoys a lot. Yeah, I put and, them out and forget them. Well, that's <laughs> that's one thing that people do is people put out decoys, guys, and then they leave them out. And that is the last thing that you want to do. When you put them out, when you get done that day, you need to take them down, and you don't want to use them every single day. The decoys never
4: work for me. Of course, we're in such a, uh, an area where, I mean, you can see for a couple of miles. And so uh, anything out there is going to get their attention, but at the same time, They've got so long to look at it. It's not like they just came around a bin and here's something and they got to go over and check it out. They've been watching and watching and, and and oftentimes, especially if the rack is fairly good size and we have uh, uh, two or three different uh, decoy manufacturers that uh, have sent us products to use. Uh, some of the racks are pretty good size. And so I think it kind of shies off those mediocre bucks.
3: Well, here's the reason I think that the that, that decoy can be effective in in an outdoor life article that Travis Faulkner was talking about. He talked about... Um, Uh, Snorts, And when you walk into the woods, if you ever scared a deer out of an area, you hear it snort. The reason that biologists say that they snort is it's one of their senses. Either hearing, smell, or eyesight has failed them and they detect danger. And when they snort, it's an attempt to coerce the source of the intrusion to show itself so that um, the alerted deer can confirm at least with one other sense what's going on. Until at least two of their senses are in sync, they don't know whether to flee or to stay. So if they can hear something, but they don't smell it or see it, they don't know whether to flee or to stay. And so um, that's why decoying can be effective is if if you if they hear you and then um, they see like the decoy or something, they may not be as prone to run away.
2: Now, I have used like a 3D decoy before where from like, I think, Montana decoys Uh where you can uh, put it up and kind of distract when you're trying to sneak around some animals. Obviously, you do not want to hunt behind a decoy that is really stupid (laughs) but you can put it you know in a stationary place and then try to use that as a distraction for them well you know matter of fact i have used the montana decoy cow decoy where they're used to seeing
4: cows out in the field and so you kind of hide behind that and you're kind of you know crawling along and so forth but you've got this decoy that you're holding on to and they don't know whether you're a cow or what and so they just kind of look at you and continue to feed and so forth. They do keep a jaundice eye on you. But nevertheless, it does work because your profile is hidden.
3: Well, the thing about decoying is that using it in conjunction with scent and calling techniques to make it most the most effective for you. You know, not just decoying by itself, but, you know, calling and um, using scent along with it. And it'll help you uh,
2: All right. bring so, something in better. So since you're talking about scent, let's cover scent. What are they saying? Do you use this in conjunction with your, your decoy, like uh scent products? Scent right. elimination? I mean, what are they saying?
3: Right. Well, you know, everybody knows that the the, the deer's nose is it's one of its best senses. And so um particularly during the rut, you want to transform your ordinary hunting setup into an environment where, you know, you're not using like a, like a really mild scent. You want to saturate the environment with a really heavy scent to really pique the, the
2: buck's interest. Yeah, and that's only going to last a matter of time. Yeah. I mean, out there in the woods, that scent is going to, you know, dissipate quickly. Right. Well, I like Chanel Number 5. i we stop
6: it.
3: Well, so the author says that um, you need to sneak into your location. You lay out a perimeter scent around your stand site and um, you do it a couple days before, even a couple weeks before, and you do it over and over again, and you crisscross your drag line soaked with doe estrus scent in like a 360 degree area around your scent, or around your blind or whatever, and then strategically hang scent wicks sprayed with a combination of plain and estrus doe urine at about the height of the average whitetail's nose, and the idea is to basically get the dominant buck's head and to trick him into thinking that it's a high traffic zone for um, dough. It's like a popular hangout for estrus doughs.
2: All right, let's talk about grunting, okay? Now, that is one thing that I believe in. You don't necessarily, Jimmy, do no. you? You don't believe no, in I, calling. I don't,
4: well, I don't, I don't use a grunt call. I know uh, oftentimes like a fawn bleat might work to bring in like a, a dough or something like that. But uh, no, I don't use a, a grunt call. Uh, I use a, 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 a blat. I'll go blat. And it sounds like a dough bleat. You know, or
2: no, it, it sounds like because, Jim going blats. Yeah.
4: <laughs> well, and actually what happens is you get that animal to use walking along and so you, they hear shock that. response like they freeze. Yeah, they freeze because they don't know where it
2: came from. And then you better be lined up if you're going to take that animal out at that point. In time. Well, you hear all these guys and gals, mainly guys I've heard it from. Uh, they'll be out there and they'll see this big buck and they're calling. They can't do anything. And then they'll bark at the, you know, they'll go, roof, And that <laughs> and that and that buck will stop. Uh-huh. You know, it, it's that surprise reaction that you only have a second. You know, earlier we are talking about, uh, sense in the beginning of the show, the glands with you, Mrs. Bunny. Yeah. And those aren't necessarily to attract. It's like a call. It's to catch them for that split second where you can maybe it's set up on them.
3: To peak, the, to peak their interest you, more yeah,
2: than anything. Yeah, just for, for a split second, and then they're going to lose interest and go. Same thing like you're saying. It's like a shot gobble. Mm -hmm. You know, you're trying to get a response. The response you're getting from that deer uh, is to stop and to freeze for a second. Like you said, Mrs. Bunny, they're going to try to smell you, uh, see you or something. uh, Or or taste you. Or taste you. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Anyways. <laughs>
3: well, so conventional wisdom from this article says that um, using snort wheezes are by far like the best vocalization that you can use to challenge the dominance and start a fight. So if you're looking to actually call something in, a snort wheeze is, is the best way to go because it challenges dominance. And if you're looking to do send out a call that's going to tick somebody off and bring them in and pique their interest and try to, uh, to fight somebody, that's the, your best way to go. But more than anything, they say to properly blend and mix your calls to convey aggression, you know? So like do a series of short grunts followed by like a, a an estrus bleat like Jimbo was saying and then um, like snortweez or whatever and they say that mixing up your calls is more effective rather than just using one or two
2: sounds good Jim does that with donuts in the morning I do tries to catch me stealing his donuts Yeah, and I never can no <laughs> alright so, uh, so good at we're coming up at an ad break I once again couldn't be joined by Travis Faulkner he uh he burned up his phone, but you're much better, anyways, Mrs. Bunny. Well, she's cuter. We love you so much.
3: I'm sure I'm not as knowledgeable, but I I do what I can. I don't know. You were here, and
2: I think you're better than him. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I have to say. And once again, we've been talking about uh, the rut on today's show. is coming up next. We want to say a special thank you though to Ram Trucks, RamTrucks.com, Ruger, Ruger.com, High Mount Seasonings, H I M T N Jerky.com. Here's a quick word for Mark. We got to get to a break. We'll be back in just a minute.
1: Ram trucks on deer. Deer aging. Whitetail deer can live as old as eleven or twelve years, but most deer never reach that age. If deer are not harvested by predators or hunters, often a deer's teeth will wear out at about ten years of age, causing the deer to starve to death. And most deer don't live past three years of age in the wild. Now, remember to like us on Facebook at facebook.com/forward/slash Adventures of Dad and Me, and we'll be back after the break.
0: Introducing the Incredible Revolution.
4: Things got a little weird with Jim and Trav. Hey, we'd like to thank our 420 affiliate stations, our advertisers, and everyone that makes the show possible. Like Miss Bunny, Fun
2: Joe, our producer Mark Padere, and Frank the Sound Guy. Yeah, plus Brad Fitzpatrick, Dave Sowers, and Craig Kaufman. Plus, Mrs. Bunny, you're, you're always welcome in the studio, Miss Bunny. Hey, thanks. See you next week. Yeah, make sure everybody get outdoors, though. Uh, do some hunting. Great time to get out scouting. Take some kids with you. Introduce uh, some kids to the outdoors this weekend. is that right, Jimmy? You bet. And also, check us out on uh, Facebook. Yeah, Facebook.com forward slash Avengers of Dad and Me. Uh, great webisodes, web series, whatever you want to call it. Uh, check us out, Facebook.com, Adventures of Dad and Me. Uh, gotta get to a break. Remember, your local news weather, it is coming up next. God bless you. Jibbo and I love you. Peace out. We'll talk to you next week.